What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Four of Love of Cinema. This is episode number 250, where tonight we're going to be discussing Dune, the long-awaited adaption from visual director extraordinaire Denny Villeneuve, and Ron's Gone Wrong, a story about a boy and his very different robot, or bebot, I should say. I have one of your hosts, Grayson Maxwell. Joining me, as he does every week, is my co-host, Roger. Hello, darkness, my old friend, Stillian. And our perma-guest, Chris I love me a good Wendy's meal, Hogan. The, these are both true statements, I assume, because the Wendy's one is correct. Yeah, I, I know. But Roger always says, hello, darkness, my old friend. Oh, all right. Well, that's fair. Do I? Yes. <laughs> that's, almost, a, that's almost a you quote. It's episode it's 250. I haven't heard it yet, so mm. but I'll take your word for it. All right, gentlemen, how are we? How was your week, guys? Where we are recording one day late on Monday night, which means I have to do all the recording, editing, posting tonight, which is fine. Now that you actually have to do editing. (laughs) (laughs) How was Uh, trick-or-treating with your little ones, guys? How was that going? It was cold. It was cold. I agree with that. We we did a um we did like a trunk retreat thing uh, at the at the park nearby. It was actually way busier than I thought it was going to be. Wait, so trunk retreat as in like a lot of cars rock up, open their trunks, and kids. Pretty much, it's like it's like instead of having a whole neighborhood to walk, you have like a line of cars. Those are yeah. actually kind of nice. Yeah, it, it was pretty cool. And like the the guy that like like owns the park in our area, he's had like he had like a like a big screen set up with Night Before Christmas on it. Kids were everywhere, dude. It was insane. That's cool so, though, because it gives kids a chance to like all like play, run, run around together. It gives adults yeah. a chance to like say, "Hey, what's going on?" Yep. Hey, yeah, Mike. It was, it was what's going on? Hey, Mike. Hey. It's it's interesting that you went with Mike, but hey, right. hey, Bob, how you doing? Hey, Wendy, what's going on? Yeah, you know, just, just pick up names. Uh, what about anything else? You guys watch anything interesting other than what we watched for the podcast? Well, anything interesting we watched? No, not yet. But I'm going to go see the My Hero movie if I can. Uh, it's it's only in Robinson area, which makes me sad. But it's actually not well, doing well in the box office either. Well, comparatively, yeah. Oh, well, if you compare it, to, well, it's not doing well. Period. Yeah, but compared to uh, Demon Slayer, no, it's not. But though, but but those. I wonder what the per screen number is, though. I was Maybe, I was going to yeah, say those, but those tend to be like a mainstay for like a little while and they, mm-hmm. they, they keep pretty consistent numbers. So, I mean, True. I'll be interested to see where it ends up. Yeah, me too. I haven't done a whole lot. I just, well, just remember like two and a half years ago, Dragon Ball was number one. Yeah, that was <laughs> <laughs> never forget quite, that. quite an interesting, um, quite an interesting <laughs> 10 day run. There. Number one at the box yeah. office. Let's go. So, <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't do any trick or treating last night. Just kind of, I was flying home from a wedding. I had a wedding this weekend. It was so much fun. So, so you had the fly, fly again, and fly again. So uh, Friday, I flew to Pittsburgh. Well I, well, I flew to Pitt and then went home to Wheeling for a wedding. Then I flew back Sunday night. And then Monday, this morning, very early, I had to get an Uber to ATL, which ATL Monday morning is just. I mean, thousands and thousands. Isn't it like the second busiest airport in America? It is the busiest because there's no other airport in Atlanta. Every most of the big airports have other airports to support them. This one, this is it. There's only one here. Atlanta, Atlanta's airport is like I think the second yeah. busiest behind behind, yeah, Chicago, Chicago behind O'Hare. O'Hare. Yeah, O'Hare yeah. Airport is insane. I've been yeah, there a couple times. It's pretty insane. But like it was thousands of people. Like it was just herding sheep through the <laughs> checkpoint lines. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I, then I flew to New York. I landed at ten thirty. And then I had to go somewhere to sign my paper, which I didn't actually sign because the woman filled it out for me. And then she said, okay, you're good. And I had to immediately Uber back to LaGuardia and fly back to Atlanta. And I am here now, which is pointless. How long were you in New York? (laughs) Well, see, well, I landed at 1030 and then my flight took off at four. 
So I what yeah. six and a half hours, five, five wow. and a half hours. Just to sign a paper, you didn't need to sign. That's crazy. Uh, it just it, it's it's an old it's an old school thing for the unions and the benefits. Mm, but yeah, okay, okay. Um, Somebody's just hemorrhaging money unnecessarily. <laughs> but I mean, I did I did get the Sky Miles. They they always book it. With oh, the, good, with good. Your um, and and I I did get to have some New York pizza, which was excellent. I had a couple couple of slices. So you went to like there, the Laguardia Zamaro. <laughs> no, I do no? love Sabaro. No, <laughs> um, no, I went to a, a from where I had to go to get my papers signed. I had to right around the corner. There's a a, a pizza joint that says it's been there since 1930. So I nice. enjoyed it. It was really good. I had two two pieces, which I will be happy to say I folded and ate properly, like 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 a proper New Yorker. Well, I mean, you have to, or it just falls apart. It like... does, yeah. But it was, yeah, they were super good. Other than that, um, I watched Dune once on the big screen and once on the plane. I downloaded it to my my HBO Max and watched it there. That movie is we're going to talk about it later, but man, that movie is something. It's something for sure. It's, it's a something. movie. It's a movie. It is indeed. It is a movie. Yes. Um, yeah, but it was a pretty eventful week. Uh, finished up one show, starting another, starting a feature actually, a Sony feature, Harold and the Purple Crown. So I'm really excited for this. So I have plans after this. I'm hoping that this will help me to segue into Sony's PlayStation division and go work on some of those. That'd be, that'd be really, really cool. That's my plan. I'm sure it won't go that way. But anything else, guys, before we hop into the episode? Nope. We're starting super late because I got a tattoo today. So sorry, guys. Chris got a badass tattoo that says no regrets. No, oh. re- no regrets, baby. Picture of Tom Raider. Yeah, it looks like Tom Raider. <laughs> No, but seriously, what is your tattoo of, Chris? Um, it's actually the split between like uh, an angel and a demon, just because that I'm uh, I'm very into like angel and demon mythology. Okay, and, that's, that's for pretty a lot cool. Of different reasons, yeah. Okay, okay. Scale of one to ten, ten being the worst pain you've ever you've ever experienced. Where was this on the pain scale? Oh, this was a, this was a hard one. Like, this oh wow! Damn, yeah, it was just my my top of my forearm. Mm. Well, that's pretty cool though. Maybe we'll put a picture in the. Um, for the love of cinema, we'll start the uh, the the Instagram up again. The tattoo of that angel loaded into the database. The database. Yeah. That's right. All right, this is episode two hundred and fifty of For the Love of Cinema, a podcast about movies, film, and cinema. Was posted each and every Tuesday at five a.m. on Podbean, which then distributes to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Each and every week, we start with the box office, current and upcoming releases, what streaming trailers and movies of the week. So, without further ado. Let's jump into the box office, gentlemen. Number one, to no surprise, Dune, having a very impressive another weekend, fifteen point four million domestic, but bringing its worldwide to just shy of 300, 293 million. And please note that that number is with it being available to watch on HBO Max as well. That's a very impressive number. Yeah, it's a fine number. Number two, Halloween Kills, still number two, coming in strong, eight point seven million, bringing us worldwide to one hundred and sixteen million. The more I think about that movie, the more I don't like it. But I wanted to say that too. But No Time to Die, number three, seven point eight million, bringing us worldwide. Chris, you're gonna love this, six hundred and six point seven million. Not that a movie, bad showing. Not, not a bad a, showing. Well, that new, I mean, that's still having decent. That had like a hundred million dollar week because last week it was just like five hundred something. It was, in the, it was in the early 500s, so it had to close to another very impressive weekend for Bond. Oh, All right. oh yeah. My Hero Academia World Heroes Mission, 6.4 million. That's number four. 
bringing a worldwide of some would find this disappointing, some might find this exhilarating. Thirty-five point seven million. I say that with an upwards inflection because I don't really know if that's good for an animated film to be released or not. So, I don't know. That's I don't know. I don't know how how big the My Hero Academia uh, goes as far as um, well like the, fan, the, fan, fan base. The, the fan base is pretty big, but My Hero has also been around for this. They just finished their fifth season, so. In comparison to the Demon Slayer movie, that was one season only, and so people were ready for the next thing to come out. Where My Hero's been established for a little while, so I don't know if that hurts it or helps it. Fair enough. But well, answer me this: There is My Hero has a couple of video games and or standalone movies too, right? This isn't the only one. Yeah, this is the third movie, the feature length movie they've had, and they've had two like two uh, D fighter style games so far. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So I, I know you're excited about this, Chris. When you see that, you'll have to let us know how that is. Mm-hmm, I will, absolutely. And number five, still in the top five, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, 5.8 million domestic, having a worldwide total of 395, which is more of a Marvel number than we expect. Good for Venom. Good for Venom. Roger, any, any comments about Venom coming in just below 400? No, I don't think he's going to make a billion. No, I don't. No, that's, that much is certain. All right, let's look at some upcoming releases. This week, we had Last Night in Soho was a theatrical with a wide theatrical release. Other movies such as 13 Minutes, Antlers, Army of Thieves is on Netflix. I did see that. I didn't watch it. I saw it come I didn't through. watch any of it yet, though. I will definitely check that out, though. I'm kind of trying to decide if I want to actually watch it. After watching the Army of, De- Army of the Dead, I, I don't know. <laughs> That was yeah, pretty, the, that was pretty disappointing. That movie had a lot of a lot of problems, but but it was fun. I, I, I think I think if that movie would have been like a five episode series, it would have been better as well. So maybe yeah, we discussed that at length that when it yeah, came it out. Did, yep. So I, I, this might actually be good because it has time to tell the whole story. We'll All right. That. As as of the recording, we're on the first of November. This will post on the second and the fifth of November. Brings us Marvel's Eternals. I'm sure that will just do such big numbers. November 10th, Clifford the Big Red Dog. November 12th, Home Sweet Home Alone. Yes, Clifford the Big Red Kaiju, yes. And then 12th, uh, Home Sweet Home Alone is on Disney Plus with Red Notice on Netflix. Oh, that's fine. And then November 19th, Ghostbusters Afterlife and King Richard. And November 24th, Encanto, House of Gucci, National Champions, and Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. That's finishing out December with the Beatles get back on Disney Plus. That's that's on Thanksgiving Day on Disney Plus. I think that'll have a decent crowd because there's definitely some hardcore Beatles fans out there. Some. So that that ends up November. <laughs> One or two fans. And of course, we have December is pretty crazy. Um, we have of course the the Spielberg West Side Story, the Nightmare Alley, Spider Man No Way Home, the King's Man. Matrix Resurrections, Sing 2, which will, I think, do pretty good money. American Underdog. It's going to be a Cyrano, which I think is a placeholder, but if it does come out, it does come out. It's a pretty big month. But uh, we are in November now, so let's focus on November. Hawkeye comes out this month. Celebrate it. Oh, yeah, Hawkeye on Disney+. Plus. That's, that's kind of a big deal, too. That is indeed. Let's talk about some trailers. Gentlemen, The Tender Bar. Give me your give me your 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 take on it, Roger. To me, I you you, you know I love this type of movie. You know I love it. So this is right up your alley. That's what uh, say. I mean, it looks fine. It's got a good cast. Ben mm-hmm. Affleck, Ty, Ty Sheridan. This movie looks like it wants to win Oscar. I don't think it will, but it definitely is looking to. 
It's one of those heartwarming stories. It's got a good cast, though. Yeah. So, do you check out the trailer, Chris? Were you impressed at all by this trailer? Well, I, like I, I was just echoing Roger. It definitely looks like your style, like your style of movie for sure. But yeah, it, the cast is big, so it might it might be good. You know, the cast alone might be able to carry it. I certainly hope so. I I just like I like movies like that that are kind of not there. There, there's no gunfights. There, there's no like you know Marvel saving the world. I just just these small scale stories on on a small on just. We need those every once in a while because <laughs> I feel like the so much of the market these days is, is is Marvel or kids movies, and I feel like everything else is kind of getting edged out a little bit. And I don't know how I feel I mean, about that. This probably has to do with money. I think oh, we need more gunfights. Fair. I thank you for chiming in with that. I appreciate that. All right, the Unforgivable with Sandra Bullock, John Bernthal, Vincent D'Onofrio, Rob Morgan, Viola Davis. Go, Roger. Tell me, what do you think? This is a, this is also a very good cast. Hell the story, cast. I think, is interesting here. The story is Sandra Bullock ends up protecting her, uh, killing somebody to protect her young sister, and then the story of her, what happens after she gets out of prison. I think it might be a good movie. So and This, well, I mean, this, this one I'm more into in than the first one, that's for sure. I would agree, and it's, the. I mean, the cast is definitely, I mean, Sandra Bullock good. is good, John Bernthal is good, Viola Davis is good. <laughs> I mean, all these people are just amazing right. what they do, so... Yeah, I'm super excited for that one. Of course, another, again, right up my alley. Uh, Wheel of Time, gentlemen, comes to us on Amazon November 19th. So we are just two and a half weeks away from that. This what do you guys a, think? This is a huge book series. That... This is Well, this is a big deal, too. Yes, it this is. is for, it for, is. for Amazon, this is a... Because Wheel of Time and Lord of the Rings, I mean, collectively, of all the seasons that they've greenlit, I, I think Lord of the Rings is like... Just a little over four hundred million dollars for two seasons, maybe four hundred fifty for two seasons, and this mm-hmm. is half of that. But so combined, I mean, you're 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 looking at upwards almost a billion dollars for two for four seasons of two different shows. Yeah, I mean properties, man. Yeah, I don't know. Wheel of Time is, I mean, it was it. It's been around forever, right? Like the original series. It's, it's a young. A they're, they're young adult novels. Heard of um, it? So yeah, I'm, I'm out of the loop on this one. This is a big deal. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people are going to be. I just. I just hope it doesn't suck or it's just Oh yeah. Um because one of my complaints with The Witcher was that The Witcher at times it looked and gave me the Hercules vibe. And I, I know you guys didn't quite see what I saw with No, that, I, but... I know what you mean with that. Listen, The Witcher was a fun show. It's not always it wasn't always excellent. <laughs> No, I, I think overall it was yeah. good, but it wasn't great. Sometimes the production value was good. Other times it looked like it was not. They looked like some episodes were kind of afterthoughts and there wasn't even like the A camera team or the A camera. You know, it was just some of the episodes weren't. I just, I don't, I always want the next cool, you know, sci-fi or medieval fantasy. Lord of the Rings, of course, being a benchmark. I just want everything to live, to try to live up to that high mark. Doesn't have to be Lord of the Rings mark, but just. I just want it to be good. <laughs> you know, I just want it to be like, or give me a reason to want to tune in every week. And does Amazon releases things weekly, right? They don't. So the boys came out. It wasn't all at once, was it? Rocking no, it was weekly. Yeah. So I, I don't know how I feel about, I, I do appreciate the Netflix way to do it. And the, the back with the episodic with Game of Thrones, we got the episodic way back. I, I mean, both have their. Just remember, Netflix is the only one doing binge drops anymore. I was gonna say because Ted everybody else switched back to uh, yeah 
episodic. So now they'll do the thing where they drop two or three at a time. But yeah, I don't see it keeps. I I think what companies are finding out is it, it on the release of a big show it keeps your it keeps you relevant and your stocks high for a yep. longer time than just all dump at once. But the Wheel of Time's interesting. Uh, I, I know my brother uh, is super. What's that? I asked Chris if he, ever, if he has ever read them. I haven't. I haven't read the Wheel of Time. Um, my mother was actually a big fan of it, and it's oh. been around. It's been around since the nineties. So I don't think this started out as young adult. I think it became that later on with some of the later books. Because uh, I don't remember my my mother's and in, isn't into you know young adult stuff. She's like she likes Lord of the Rings and holy Dragon shit, there ten books. So I, I believe the later novels from 2002 on were, were marketed towards the younger audience, like the young adult audience, but they didn't start out that way. So they'll probably do the whole series on the, like the stuff from 2002 on, but this didn't begin like as a young adult novel series. Okay. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm really trying to, stuff. I'm really trying to divide that up into two. I don't, what I don't want to do is do weekly. So maybe we'll just divide that up into two, you know, either four episode or five episode episodes. We just talked mm-hmm. about the first half and the second half. Yeah, how, maybe. Yeah. Um, I, I have several people who have requested there are to... 14 books. Yeah. No, as I said, there's, there's, there's a lot. I have there's several people that have requested to join us on that episode. They or those episodes. They <laughs> yeah. I mean, episode, look. that's like years <laughs> of content. <laughs> I'm just saying it's people are excited about this. My brother among them. Welcome to the show. You're stuck here forever. <laughs> my very good friend Tom, he's he's very excited about this. He's you know, big readers. Um, my mom, and my brother were pretty much Friday night exclusively talking about Wheel of Time, kind of geeking out together. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for them. I never got into them, but I know that they're very insanely popular. All right, gentlemen, Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> now, Roger posed a very interesting question to me. Which oh yeah, I had Chris, to before you joined us, me and Grayson were spitballing some things. I, I know you've seen the Lightyear trailer, right? Yeah. So, what if they went like? And uh, went different and made it like a PG thirteen space adventure that just happened to be made by Pixar. I'm in. Would like, that be awesome? Yeah, I'm in a hundred percent. Like there was like kind of some some like life or death situations, and it wasn't like a Toy Story movie. You know? Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. Hundred percent. Like, I mean, do this. There, there are parts of the trailer that look like it could be trending that way, yeah, and then parts yeah. that look like it could be not. But. I mean, if you've seen the at all since the Lightyear trailer came out, you've seen like people posting memes about his skin wasn't always purple; he that was just a suit. Like I don't know who. <laughs> thought... No, you're you're the one that thought that. No, 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 no. I didn't think that. I I just texted you the 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 the, the website. We're talking about it. I never thought that. I always thought that was part of the spacesuit. But there are people who thought, wait a minute, I thought his skin was purple. Like no, his face would be purple if that was the case. Mm. But um, mm. no, I'm I'm a fan of Lightyear. I think Chris Evans is voicing him, right? Yes. And Chris Evans, if you ask me, could do no wrong. So, Which reminds me. <laughs> that handsome son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Handsome son of a gun. Which reminds me, Chris, I yeah. have to – I need to get your opinion on – I just watched Sunshine uh, today on one of the legs of the journey, and that movie is just – frick, that movie. That movie is a 9 or a 10. Like I can't yeah, – that's the one you guys recommended I watch. Yeah, right? that's Chris yeah. Evans, and that's yeah. you know um, I forget who's the Danny Boyle directed it. Who's the oh, Killian Murphy Cillian? Um, boy, that's a hell of a movie. Sunshine. That might be one of the best space movies I've ever seen. I always forget about it when we're talking because it's been so long. But man, I always forget that movie is so good. 
Good Lord, that movie is good. You gotta watch that, Chris. You gotta watch it's on, that. It's on my list. <laughs> it's on the list. All right, we're excited for Lightyear. This is the first time I've. But I'm excited for every single trailer here. So I don't want to get stray into this for just another ten seconds. So I've been reading the Wikipedia for Wheel of Time. So there are fourteen books. Okay, ninety million copies have been sold. Oh, all man. right, that's a lot. So here's the kicker. All right. Starting on book eight through 14, each one of them was number one on the bestseller list. Jeez. Six straight in a series that wasn't one through six. Starting on book eight. (laughs) What? (laughs) It doesn't. (laughs) When did book eight come out? What year was that? Um, It doesn't have that. I I, I can't see that quite yet. Hang on. Wait, so you're book saying number eight. Wait, so you're, you're saying book number eight was a release in 1998. Wait, hold okay. on. So, sorry, you know, just break a break for a second. You're saying book number eight started the bestseller list? Yeah. Yeah. So every it hit number one. They didn't say the other one didn't make it, but each one made number one from book eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, and fourteen. Jeez. Well, it took a while to build a. It took a while to build an install base, but I mean, after you get it there, and people are, you know, how people are like ravenous about their. People midnight launch it with the Harry Potter books, like reading it on like they don't even go to sleep. They just read it all overnight. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, this series started and first book was released in 1990. That's yeah. impressive. The book one was released in 1990 and book eight was in 1998. Yeah, that's yeah, every other year. Yeah, and a, book 14 was in January of 13. How big are these books? They can't be that big if it takes them less than a year to write them. Uh, from what I remember, the at least the first one is it's it's like your standard fantasy novel. Man. There's not any one that's less than two hundred and twenty-five thousand words. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> okay. Yeah. See. <laughs> oh yeah, and just an easy overnight read. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and we're yeah, talking yeah. like audio books. Those are like. 12, 40, some of them are forty hours long. Jesus, oh my god, that's way. It looks like the that. shortest one is nineteen Jeez, hours. That's Jeez. And mind you, I'm an audiobook guy. That's yeah, how yeah. I consume book media. Man, I'm all, listen. I'm here for forty one hour books because that's my whole month. <laughs> good point. That's my drive time, man. That's yeah, how yeah. I fill my time. Yep. That's good. I no longer have satellite radio because of shit like that. Because yep. I'm an old man now. And before yeah, before we before we move into talking about the movies. Did you guys like the Lightyear trailer at the end? How they did the to infinity, and then they didn't say yes. beyond because yes. like, we're supposed to fill. Come, come on, we're supposed to fill that in, right? Yeah, that's that's our. I mean, that's a character that we grew up with, and of course, we know that phrase better than almost any other phrase, which is great. All right, gentlemen, Roger, let's you and me talk about Ron's gone wrong for a few minutes, shall we, sir? Sure. All right, the tomato meter on this bad boy seventy nine percent, which is pretty good, and the audience score. 94. Yeah, it's so good. That's man. that's pretty good for Ron's Gone. For for a movie that wasn't even on the radar until like a month ago, as far as like trailers being released and when whatnot. Now let me get some particulars out of the way. Roger, give me your what did you think of Ron's Gone Wrong? Give me 10 seconds. So I enjoyed Ron's Gone Wrong. It's um it was I mean it was predictable a little bit, obviously, because it's not really geared to think about too too much. Um, but I enjoyed it. I think it was very well done. The animation style I really appreciated. Had like that weird, um, almost like the Mitchells versus the Machine kind of like Netflixy style there. Um, from what that studio, whatever that studio was that did all those movies, um, that was Sony. Yeah, sure. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. 
But this movie is not Sony, right? No, no. it's not. It is definitely not Sony. Okay. Um, but no, uh, I enjoyed it very much. Let's get some particulars out of the way. So we have... It was directed by two people, Sarah Smith and Jean-Philippe Vine. It was uh, written by Peter Benheim, Sarah Smith, and composer of Henry Jackman, which always... Whenever I see this, when I, whenever I see composer H. Jackman, I'm like, Hugh Jackman scored a movie? What? And then oh, yes. Henry, Henry, Henry Jackman. Um, okay, so we have Zach Galifianakis, Jack Dylan Grazer as Barney, Olivia Coleman as Donka, Ed Helms as Graham, as Gr- Graham, not Graham, but like G-R-A-H-A-M, Justice Smith as Mark, Rob Delaney as Andrew, Kylie Cantrell Savannah. All right. Roger, tell us what Ron Gone Wrong is all about. So Ron is a robot called a B-Bot, who is supposed to be like an Apple device, apparently, um, that all these kids have, like is the new toy sensation or whatever. And the kid Barney ends up with one that's kind of messed up, mostly because he probably fell off a truck. Not probably, definitely fell off a truck. Well, but yeah, yeah, he fell off a truck. Got him at a discount. and uh, you know. Yeah, a back alley trans- transaction. <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, maybe a goat was sold. <laughs> so, yeah, and it's a story of uh, Barney getting to know Ron, his busted ass robot, and the uh, the little adventure they go on, and ultimately attempt to ruin people's lives. Apparently, well, it's not. They don't. It, 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 it isn't not what they're trying. That's not what he. But it, it kind of happens. So, I mean, I kind of think this is a mixture of like Facebook and Apple. Yes, I think so. You know, it's 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 one of one of those things where it's just I mean it's clever how they do it because the, the the main guy's name first name is Mark, and obviously you know Zuckerberg and then but it, it, but it's also very Apple like in, in how they mm-hmm. have the company set up. So I, I thought that was pretty clever. I, I really enjoyed that. Wasn't it kind of like that with the um, Mitchells and the Machines the the phones? Yes, it like yes, it's kind of the same vibe. Yes, definitely, definitely the same vibe there. Um, okay, so we have. I want to in in opening talking about stuff. I want to start talking about things a little bit differently, if we could. Um, so, let's talk about the, the target audience for Ron's Gone Wrong for one second. Obviously, the younger crowd. Yes, families. I think F- families with young kids. Um, this definitely isn't. It's definitely, if this definitely is not aimed at you know adults only. But I mean, it's totally fine for an adult to go watch this. Sure, it's a very watchable movie as an adult. Um, yeah, that's, so the story here at the, at the core is about a kid who wants the next great tech thing and his is messed up because, I mean, ultimately by one of his own actions. And so this is, this is not a difficult story to tell. It's, it's even like Roger said, very predictable at times, but I, I, I ask you, is that a problem predictability in, in something like this? No, I don't think so. Like, not really. I don't think it is a problem. I don't think it is a problem. A lot of people, I think, don't like predictability. And and I have, of course, been noted in saying predictability, but I don't like predictability in things like the Ring Trilogy or, you know, movies we watch where, like, Dune, for example. I don't like predictability in that. But these movies that are pretty much paint by numbers, you know, the Pixar stuff and the Disney stuff and the Sony Studios animation stuff. They're paint by numbers, and I'm okay with that. It's just, you, I mean, it's like watching a rom com. It's a, it's just, it's just, it's a simple three act structure. Boy yeah, I mean, meets, they just, they just want to get to point A to point B to point C. Yeah, like boy meets boy meets girl, 
boy likes girl, boy loses girl, boy gets girl back. Like it, it's just, but these are all cut by numbers the same thing, and there's nothing wrong with that. Nope, it's fine. So let's talk about the family for one second. Let's talk about Barney. So Barney, Barney the son. Barney lost his mother when he was younger, but he doesn't. Yep. He was two. He doesn't remember it, which nope. I think is an interesting line of dialogue to add. Um, I, I don't think. I just thought that was an interesting point. I don't know why. Just a flag went up in my head when I when I. Well, when I, I think I know it. why they did that. Um, just real short. I think if they put it that he doesn't remember his mom, then they don't have to dwell on oh, I wish mom was here. Things were better when she was here. He doesn't remember things with her there. So okay, fair enough. That that that, that makes sense. And also the story is in 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 a story like this where it's not long anyway. You don't really have minutes to, to devote to certain things if you don't capitalize on them early. So, I mean, this wasn't very long to begin with. So, I mean, doesn't have much time to fit that in anyway. But Ron's gone wrong. It. So his B-Bot, of course, because of Ron's actions, mm-hmm. gets thrown off a truck and is messed up. And then he gets the B-Bot when his father finally gets him one. And out of – because his father is just – he doesn't quite understand his son. You know, he doesn't understand that like his son's growing up a little bit, and he doesn't want rock hammers anymore for his birthday. Even though he likes rocks and rock hammers, he loves rocks. But I mean, it's it's also I think there's Chris. It would have been interesting to see your opinion also because when we talk about these things, how they're heavily rooted in 2021, you're usually right there with me with saying that is relevant today. A lot of these things, you know, the kids all have the the, the newest tech gadget. You know, it's I mean what. Ron is what an iPhone or an iPad, right? That's what we're something like that. Sure, yeah. like, I mean, lines from what it seems. a Tamagotchi or or whatever, <laughs> whatever item lets you mobile in your pocket. Like sorry, like, whatever item in your pocket like lets you like share instant media stuff, which is probably the iPhone, the first one to do it. So, and his is just different. It doesn't do what he asks. Although. I gotta be honest. Do you guys want to be bought after watching the uh, Roger? Do you do do you want to be bought? I mean, they're pretty. Oh cool. yes, I want to be bought. They're they're of course built in with the no harm to humans the algorithm, which always I always find clever that most movies of robots always throw that in there. Who does that? Ask Asimov. Yeah, those three. Yeah, those are rules: no harm humans, and of course Ron, <laughs> because he's messed up, cannot connect to the the bubble network. Now, bubble is what we're thinking: Apple. Okay, fair. I just I I I want to make sure that all these things. For, I mean, it can't connect to the bubble network, so it doesn't get to upload all the safety settings and all the updates, which I think is an interesting nope. thing. And then he goes, and then little Ron goes about abusing a child, punching a child, slapping him up, and slapping him, pushing him, and gets himself seen by the by the Facebook group, Apple group, and then they try to find him because they know he's going to do damage, the stock devaluation, stuff like that. But here's where it gets interesting, and and. And we don't always point these things out. And I think to some of us, I think it's a given, but I like to start talking about these things. Now, of course, Ron is the same as Barney. Both of yes. them don't quite outcast. fit. Yeah, outcast. They don't quite fit. You know, they don't have friends. Friends is the key thing here because the whole Facebook friend, 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 add friend, add friend, add friend. Um, that's the whole key here, I think, is the interesting part. Especially when, like, Ron, for example, starts going around, like, putting friend request stickers on people. I, I thought that was hilarious. He's, like, slapping them on other people. He's like, friend request. Mm. I thought that was very hilarious when um, – it's also for – I was laughing when he first opens up the B-Bot 
and of course it's malfunctioning and thinks his what's his name he thinks his name is um oh that's a funny name he says it with like an upwards inflection i can't think of his name i had it before i even started talking about yeah it. i forget right off the top of my head but it's like it's an a Absalmo or something like that absalom yeah. Ah, Absalom. Hello, Absalom. Yeah, I think I was <laughs> laughing. Who's named Absalom. I was laughing so hard how the bot was trying to just running around the room doing things, and he was trying to contain the bot and couldn't. I was just, I was laughing uproariously like I was a child, and I was, I was happy with that. And the children in the theater were also laughing and pointing. And I thought that was, I always like seeing that because it's, it's, it's good. I, I mean, so he's malfunctioning, and of course they want to. Then he has to end up hiding him because he, you know, they they think they found the bot and they crushed him. And they so let's so can we can we talk about the innocent bot that just got crushed? And then... yes, some poor <laughs> B bot got destroyed. Some poor B bot that was doing exactly what he was programmed to do, helping play with children, and he got destroyed. Just like last week, how it didn't occur to me that Wednesday had killed that dude. Yeah, but she she definitely killed that dude. Like I didn't that even man is dead. <laughs> he is flattered on the ground. And so all of his friends at this school – now, here's where the hyper-relevant stuff comes in, I think. He doesn't have any friends at the school. Well, here's – because it's – sometimes when I see these – and I wish it was different. I wish it wasn't always the outcast kid with no friends. It, by the end of the movie, has friends. I, I wish it was kind of a different formula some of these movies would take. Although that's you know that's a tried-and-true formula. It works. Because everyone votes for the underdog. Regardless of what you think, everyone votes for the underdog. Sure. That's kind of how film is as big as it is. But underdogs are better stories most of the time. Yeah. I mean, these kids were just unnecessarily cruel. But I mean, again, it's I, – I always when, – when, when parents and teens are like complaining about like, oh, I get picked on at school. Like part of the – part of my mindset and, – and I'm not saying I'm right about this. The first thing I think about is just deal with it. It's school. I mean, you don't have to be in school for so long. I mean, but like I know that's not everyone's – how everyone reacts to that. And I understand that. So that's kind of why I like, ah, oh, the same, like, oh, he gets bullied at school. And like, doesn't anyone like stand up for themselves anymore? Or are we just gone? Or is that just gone anymore? I don't know. No. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so, well, Roger, I've been doing a lot of talking. Tell me how your interpretation of the Dylan and, or not, I call him Dylan. That's his real name. Barney and the B-Bots relationship is. How did you take that? It's a boy and his dog. I mean, that's it really is. That's what that is. That's actually a very good way to put it and a very heartwarming way to put it too. Um, and the friends, of course, all have their B-Bots and they don't – Barney's already an outcast. No one is – his dad can't really afford a B-Bot, can't get one. You know, he becomes more of an outcast and then he gets his B-Bot that's just on, on crack. There's just more friends. There are no friends in the shed. I must go find friends. Yeah, Ron rules. Leave him alone. Ron is awesome. I'm actually – okay, so I want to – before we move into another, another section of this talking about this movie – how this movie ended up, I actually thought was kind of a mature way to write this ending. Sure. And it all absolutely leaves an opening for a second one. You Well, okay, since you brought it up, do you think there will be a second one? Uh, I doubt it. This isn't like they the definitely one on, leave the door open. The, I mean, the box office, it's not – it wasn't even the top five. No, that's what I mean. Like, I don't – I don't foresee anything along that line. No, which is a but shame. if they ever wanted to, they could. Yeah, but I thought it was actually kind of an interesting way to end it because, I mean, it doesn't end with it's a win-win scenario. You know, no. the boy's dog is dead by the end of this. And I think that's kind, kind of an of. interesting way to put it. Yeah, kind of. But 
I mean, it's an interesting way to put it because, of course, the 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 adventure finds Barney, you know, going finding his way because he gets the bot gets taken and Barney has to go get him back. Once you realize, oh no, he was really cool because he wasn't like everything everything else. He's actually my friend. Yep, he sacrifices himself to help other people. To he because he the has bots, a hero sacrifice. You should have loved that. I do. I was tearing up, man. It just I did. I'm a movie crier. I teared up the same way I teared up with a How to Train Your Dragon movie. Like it just got to me that there was for a few minutes a very powerful score, a very you know a very like a, you know the bot is sacrificing himself to help other people, and you know as a film lover, you gotta love that. No matter how it's presented to you and what package, it's always a thing you, you you love, right? Yeah, of course. Okay, good. Um, I I mean, there are certain things in this movie because, of course, Ron writes his own code, meaning he's taught how to be a friend, which I thought was great because I love Terminator, of course, and that's you know the whole Terminator thing. But so yep. Barney Grayson, how many how many Terminator movies is this better than? Everyone after two. Yep. <laughs> And that's you know most movies are better than most Terminator movies after two, but one thing I mean, one of my things is how it's written in a way that, for example, so this this guy who's the head of the company who's written this algorithm for all the D bots and is trying to he wants kids to be happy, play with each other, connect, become a big community, and I can appreciate that. When he sees Ron's code, which is of course note cards strung together by by string and by tape on a board that's not code nope so when they integrate that that's when like ah oh, man they, i guess they could have done a little better with that situation because seeing how ron's what ron learned actually ended up saving the other bbots or it made them more i guess different and it made them more individualized just like their owners were very individual which i thought was interesting sure. um, i'm glad there was no kind of love interest in this no unnecessary yeah i I think very unnecessary i mean the 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 core of the story here is 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 ron becoming less of an outcast and more with his friends which when 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 you when you're when you're that young i may be remembering middle school or elementary school differently but were kids really that cruel do you remember kids being that cruel i mean they're not i mean kids are kids man they do things like that oh my goodness yeah, they do and say things, and, and you have the you have the popular kid, you have the girl who's always streaming, you have the jock kid. You know, it's like I they they fit into all these stereotypes. And Rod, I have a question for you. How, sure. How pissed would you be if your teacher made you sit on the bench waiting for a friend to come by and introduce themselves? I don't know. I like to uh, just hang out on benches and sit on them because they're comfortable. Fair. Okay. Yeah, that would have that would have been pretty embarrassing. But uh, oh, so. Because this is not the movie of the week, I just want to kind of talk about it for a little while longer. I don't think it's fair this movie pretty much came out and forgotten immediately. I think it's because of COVID, and I think it's because, you know, the busy time it came out. I really hope it does more business as, you know, people realize that, oh, we've already seen Adam's family, and we'll go watch Ron Gone Wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't see that happening, though. Do you see that happening? No. I mean, this movie's dead in the water. It's not the movie's fault. No, it's actually a pretty. It's I, I think it's better than better than average, a much better than average movie. I, I just it's a shame that it's not going to get what it deserves. It's a marketing issue, right? Because this movie can't, can't like it came out of nowhere. Well, I I, I feel like they kept tr- making decisions to like, nah, we'll just do it next year, and then all of a sudden, like, nah, we'll just do it this year. Boom. Burr, 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 so it. the real question I would ask is why didn't this movie go straight to Disney Plus? Well, is it a Disney? 
It is. Okay, then that's a good question. It will definitely be on there. Well, I mean, the Disney Plus model, are, are, are they still releasing? When's the next one to release the $30? Oh, I don't know. I, didn't, I wasn't meaning that. I mean, I feel like like this is a fine movie, but, I mean, it didn't make any money. No, it didn't. Which is, I, which is, I mean, it's data for them because it's, you know, they're trying to see what works and what doesn't. I mean, now that we're kind of on the back end of pandemic, mm-hmm. which, I, which I certainly hope that we are, um, our movie's going to start to pick up again. But, I mean, I, to me, looking at the box office week after week, it seems like only, I mean, Free Guy is an is a anomaly to me because that movie did so well. But it, but it wasn't a kid's movie and it wasn't Marvel or DC. True. And I'm, and I'm wondering, when are we going to get back to those where where the last duels don't fade away after one week? When the Ron's Gone Wrong don't fade away after one week? Well, we here, here, hold that? on. The thing is with that is the more, once the schedule becomes less compact, and until that happens, because we're going to be in like a two or three year backlog after everything happens anyway. Like there is so much stuff just sitting there that needs to come out. Right. So, yeah, there's, don't expect that to change even if restrictions. There's definitely a lot. I mean, man, the amount of trailers that come out every week now, it's like, I mean, dozens and dozens. And I'm not just I'm talking about little movies, I'm talking about big movies like the Sandra Bullock movie. They were they were holding that one for a while, I found yep. out. And I went to Google it. It's been shot and done for a while. Um, I mean, I hope the world's going back more than normal. But I. My point is, if you're listening to this and thinking you should watch it, Ron's Gone Wrong is a... It's a good movie. It's a decent movie. And it's one that you probably shouldn't miss because it's got one of those, like, it's a good outside of the Marvel Pixar family. It's still a, it's still even decent by that standard. And that's hard to come by these days. Yeah. It's, have, it's a fine movie. It's not spirit. You know, <laughs> it's much better than spirit. <laughs> it's just, you know... I, I, I wish so I wish this movie would have gotten a more of a more of a chance to do to make a splash because it is a pretty decent movie. Now, Roger, let's move to score this one then, if you, if if we could. And I want to go second, please. Okay, I'll go first then. I guess movie's like a six and a half. It's pretty good, but it's predictable. It's a family movie, and it didn't get marketed well. I think everything in the movie works. It's kind of funny. It's kind of uh, emotional. It's there. It's a good movie. I would agree. Um, I would agree. I, I, I would go one step ahead of you and just say seven. Um, well, I thought it was. I laughed hysterically during this movie. I, I, I felt the feels during this movie. I was in tears at one point. I mean, there's a point where Barney literally almost dies, and like that's yeah. that's a cool when like no matter how you frame that, it is. You know, I mean, it is someone. You know, it's like that moment in the ring in the second ring movie or the third ring movie where, you know, Frodo can't walk anymore. And Sam just hoist him up on his shoulders. I can't carry the ring, but I can't carry you. And just boom, beelines it to Mount Doom. And just, it's one of those things that like, no, everything has perspective here, which means, you know, the, the, the robot is at 5% or less. He's powered down. He has no juice left, but Ron is a human being and it's cold and he has no food, no fire, nothing. Yeah. So he's dying. He's, he's going to die if he stays out there. And then this tiny little robot carries him out of the woods and into town where people to find him. And like, that's a great moment. I, I wish they would have done a little more with that moment. Um, you know, like a little, like, well, his, you know, when Barney comes to, he realizes that, no, I remember you had zero battery left. It's like, 
is he becoming is he learning to be kind of human and like i guess that's me trying to replicate one of my favorite movies of all time in terminator 2 but um, i don't think that's a step too far and they could have done it but i mean let, let, let me get your take on that roger do you think that's a step too far for this movie every movie is not a terminator movie <laughs> <laughs> fair enough chris have we convinced you to watch ron's gone wrong well on your last point um does uh does ron does the robot stay like gone or do they bring that back as like an op- like a possible opening well they they, they leave a, they leave a door open at the very very end yeah. i think if they don't leave that door open and i think they do make that a, a bigger moment grayson but the Fair fact enough. that they like they bring it they're 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 gonna cycle back into it they don't want to you know hoodwink the entire thing by kind of like cheating cheating out on the moment but yeah, I want to see this. I wanted to see it. I was on my way to see it. You know what I mean? It was just going to be me and my wife that went and saw this movie. So I do it's... think that uh, you would enjoy it. I, I think mm-hmm. that adults will enjoy this movie more than kids even, to, to, to be honest with you. Because, I mean, so with, with some of these movies, it's possible. But yeah, no, I, I, yeah, me and my kids, we'll, we'll be watching this as soon as we can. All right. I'm glad Good, you you'll like it. it. I think you'll like it a lot. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I, th- I think a six, anywhere from a six or seven is where this movie sits for me at least. I mean... Any movie with uh, with Rotom in it is going to be a good movie, right? So. <laughs> indeed, indeed, sir. All right, now let's talk about the movie of the week. Gentlemen, this has been a long time in coming, and give it to us, you cowards. Give me do, you cowards. <laughs> <laughs> to, to quote my friend Roger, give it to me now, you cowards. All right, let's talk about the Rotten Tomatoes for one sec. So the tomato meter here is 83%. Yeah. So regardless, it's already pretty good. The audience score... We're sitting at a 90. It's at 90, right? Yeah. 90. So that's pretty good. Now, there's been – there is a massively popular uh, series of books, Roger, which you know about. Yes, many. Have you experienced any of them on book – like have you listened to any of them? Have you read any of them? Yes. And and what did you think of the books by themselves before we get into any, any the of The first content? book of Dune is incredible absolutely incredible which turns out the first book of dune will get you at least two movies <laughs> <laughs> okay so yeah i was we should talk about that a little bit too but i don't know where you, where you want to stick that in the conversation about how this movie just hey, kind of like ends. this is half of book one. Oh, it, it, there it you go end of end of story <laughs> this is half of the first dune book that's it right. and if you remember I, this is one of these movies that kept getting pushed and villeneuve said i don't want to release this on streaming I want this to be theatrical only. And he went, you know, he even, he sent several, he put himself, put out several um, social media posts. Like this is a movie you need to watch on the screen. I made this to experience on the biggest screen you can find with the best sound you can find, which is a movie theater. Now, Roger, you always talk about dying. I'm going to die on that hill with Mm -hmm. streaming versus theater. Yep. And, but this is one of those, I mean, I guess this is one of the few examples. I mean, it doesn't really, Dune, I think, does matter where you watch it. Ron's Gone Wrong, not so much. I mean, it's just, you know, for the film purist, I want to see it in the theater, but if I watched Ron's Gone Wrong at home, I don't think it would have changed my experience of the movie all that much, if at all. If at all. Well, I don't think watching Dune at home would change your experience either. I would disagree, and I think Chris would disagree also. After watching it in both locations, I will say that the sound was absolutely more noticeable in a th- in the theater compared of course it should be and visually i mean so the thing is if you did you watch this streamed and in theater grayson i watched the theater the first time a very nice built within six month auditorium which yeah. it was just man that sound it made my chair shake 
And yeah, I'm it, thankful for, for, for that. Yep. Well, so if you stream it, it streams in 4K, which looks super crisp on a 4K sure. TV. <laughs> like it, like seeing it in theater, in my opinion, is absolutely is absolutely better for this movie. But streaming it wasn't bad. It was gorgeous on a on a 55 inch, you know, 4K television. Amazingly good. Even, oh even yeah, that's um, that's what I plan on watching it again on is when I go mm-hmm. when I have my big TV. My I have my 4K OLED at my parents' yeah, house, yeah, yeah. which I I'm planning on watching this there too. And I have a sound bar set up, but at night when my dad sleeps, he's like, you, you, you can't play that at night. Yeah, no, do it anyway. It shakes the and, house. Then, and then fight him. Well, I, funny story. Challenge I played, him for supremacy. That's funny, <laughs> funny story is my brother and I may have been. That your dad will kick your ass. Funny story. <laughs> <laughs> no, funny story about that is cause I, I, I keep it at home to like, because I don't want to always, because that's where I want it to be. I don't, because I'm moving around a lot. I don't want to leave it in any location where I'm not. Cause, anyway, I'm pretty paranoid about spending good money on TVs that get stolen, but. <laughs> my brother and I may or may not one night have taken edibles and played Fall Guys and like just cranked up the volume and the bass, and I mean I'm pretty sure houses down the, a mile away could feel the shake and it was just so funny. Nice. Good. Now everybody's <laughs> playing Fall Guys, whether they like it, like it or not. Okay, so let's. Okay, so Dune. There's books. There's there was an early adaption and then there was a 2000 adaption. I don't think either one of those was. I, mean, I think the the earlier one was more widely viewed only because it was the first mm-hmm. and the one in 2000 was while notable i don't think it lit the world on fire i didn't even know there was one in 2000 i, 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 I only know of the, the first adaptation which is something that uh in, in my my grandmother's house actually she was a big fan and she watched it well let's so often. well dune is yeah the, well sorry it was a tv miniseries in 2000 but wasn't that the i'm looking it up right now um that was the william hurt alec newman one yeah that was Dune yeah. could work episodic. It could. There's so much there that yeah, yes, it, it works out because of the scale. But here's the thing: scale works at the movies this time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh the, the the David Lynch one was the '84 one. Yeah. Which Dune is a movie where you really need you really need technology to tell that story. I guess it's kind of like Star Wars in a way. I was that, say, yeah. I mean, Star Wars did, did just fine with that back, you know, back yeah. then. So I, I guess I have to retract. Yeah, you're right. Star Wars did fine. So yeah. I just never, I was never impressed by the '84 Dune. I always thought it was like, why do people like this? But <laughs> I, but I was also so young when I experienced it because my dad's a huge Dune guy. Okay. So I just, I, I, I just never caught on with the '84 Dune. I didn't because of that. I certainly didn't watch the 2000. Yeah. Uh, with William Hurt Dune, but um, so, I mean that's something I, I would like to revisit because I like Dylan News version so much. No, that... no, that's the reason I don't want to revisit anything. Yeah, because yeah, because it's garbage now. Well, throw it in the trash where it belongs. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm actually read the book. Roger, do you, do you recommend? You should the read the book. book. Yes, read the book. Hundred percent. I, I may do that. I like you know those fantasy novels. So the one thing I will tell you about half of book one (laughs) um it does a pretty good job of telling the story but like legitimately just the first half of it so um because dune is very much political and very much religion based Mm -hmm. it is (laughs) there's no way around it that's how this movie goes um so the book does a really good job of explaining galactic politics yes so Definitely check that out if you've never. Well, the movie read. doesn't because the movie doesn't do the best job at that. 
It does an okay job. It doesn't do the best it's job. It's fine, sure. It was enough for my non-reader, like, non-Dune reader mind I mean, to comprehend the, drift, the, the politics. Right? Yeah. So, you, get, you, get the, you get the drift of it. So that's a good starting point for for what I, I want to say. It does a good job of laying the groundwork, though. It yes. really does. It takes its time on it. It takes enough time on it, I guess is a better way to say it. It takes enough time to lay the groundwork, give you an idea of the scale of how big this imperial, like this, uh, this em- empire of man is now. Imperial. And, like, just how big scaled this has gone, they do a very good job of laying all that out. Sure. Amongst other things, uh, I, it, does, it does miss some some points and some things are lost with, you know, having to have a runtime, obviously. But well, it's not all as, in all, it's I was, a, I was impressed with what, what, what they all, like, you know, got across to you as, as the viewer. I agree. Let's get some particulars out of the way. So obviously directed by Denny Villeneuve. Um, written, of course, uh, it's based on a novel by Frank Herbert, but written by... Denny Villeneuve himself, Eric Roth, and John Spates. Uh, this is Villeneuve's boy. Like, this is his baby. Yeah. He Greg, wanted this. Greg Frazier was cinematographer. And then the composer was, of course, Hans Zimmer, which was... I mean, there are moments where you're like, how, how could this be anyone else? So, okay. Timothy Chalamet. It's Paul Trades, Rebecca Ferguson as Lady Jessica. Oscar Isaac as Duke Atreides. Duke Leto Atreides, baby. Josh Brolin as Gurney Hellick. Zendaya as Connie. Stellan Chaney. Oh, Chaney. Is it, is it Chaney? Okay. Stellan Skarsgård as Baron Vladimir Harkonnen. Harkonnen. Dave Bautista as Beast Rabin. I'm looking for any other... Okay, so Roger, being the Dune guy on this on this show, tell us in your mind what this Dune movie is about. So this Dune movie is about a family who is in control of one planet being assigned to another planet and the transition of power that takes place. And it doesn't go super great. Um, Other things are at play besides the planetary exchange. The sun, the only sun they have, Paul, has some gifts that in this world mostly only women ever have. Where he can see the future, predict things, control things with telepathy. Um, yeah, he's super special. <laughs> super special. Well, he's doesn't, ways does, of the Benny Gesserit. Actually, it doesn't. The, the transition does go well. It's what happens after the transition. That means the transition did not go well. The transition does not go well. <laughs> the transition does not go well. <laughs> well, well there's, there's some politics behind that, which I was kind of. Oh, yeah. Again, I'm not big into the Dune universe, so this was like watching this movie the first time was like watching the first season of Game of Thrones. Sure, There's so many names thrown at you. Yep, it, it takes a minute to like think. Okay, who's that guy? Who's this woman? That's yeah. the problem with the scale of this movie mm-hmm. is there is a lot. Yes, there so. is. But and I, I guess to its the theatrical poster, to its credit, says it's got the it's got like the blue background shows everyone's face in like a '90s fashion. And it says Dune, and then it says it begins. Yeah. So, well, and like the the movie leads in, letting you know exactly what you're getting into because it does say it does it opens up with Dune Part One. So you know immediately from watching this, which is ballsy, it is right. It very much is, and I kind of appreciated that because well, until, until after movie. release, we didn't get the green lit. There will be a Dune Part Two. Yep. Well, I have a feeling there's. I have a no. I of course to be a fly on the wall would be amazing. That was the last second edition of the movie. No, 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 no. I I oh. have a I have a feeling that there 
that because this is released on streaming and theatrical, after he gets done making these for Warner Brothers, he's done with Warner Brothers. I have a feeling that's what the argument was. That's why the all those announcements came in in like a weird fashion. Uh, I mean, maybe. We'll, we'll, I have a feeling. We'll like, 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 I, like I told you. Like I told you. I mean, I don't. Villeneuve is a big enough director that I, th- I, th- I think if he threw a tantrum and went somewhere else, it's okay. Because I mean, like, I mean, this guy. You think, is, you, you think he'll be fine? You think he'll do all right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to be the corporate guy, but I don't think Warner Brothers will be hurting too much either. So. True. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I mean, there's a rumor that no one's I'm all for Denny. I, I get his point. But... Hey, listen. Dune's full of politics enough, so I mean, yeah, that's true. That's true. Have someone in the background. That's well. true. Sure. That's true. Um, okay, so let's get into it here about... Let's get into it. So, Roger, you kind of started us off. Uh, Chris, why don't you tell us where... How to get kind of a footing into Dune. Kind of take some of the main characters, take the Atreides take the the Harkonnen, kind of put it into perspective for, for people. Well, so, again, this movie does a very good job at laying the groundwork. Um, I have a question about why they painstakingly laid so much groundwork for them to do what they did in the movie, which, I mean, it's by the numbers if you're following the book, so it's mm-hmm. fine. But they paint House Atreides as an up-and-coming, powerful, powerful house. or Powerful planet. and well-respected. Yes, very much so. And you find out quickly that the emperor, the leader of mankind as a whole, is actually envious of house atreides itself so it's it's garnered the attention of the most powerful person in the imperium and not in a good way in the universe yeah in the, well in the no yeah in the in the known universe the and they also introduced the second house in this which is our antagonist, yeah which is our antagonistic you know force in this movie basically and they make these they do a very good job of making them about to be the menacing very you know a big bad guy kind of role. They do a good job at this. You you definitely feel for House of Trades very early. You're rooting for them. You want things to go well. Book They're likable. Yeah, book readers know it's not going to go well. <laughs> and the, the the other House Harkonnen, I mean the the Baron, he is a bad. He's a menacing dude. He's so good at being menacing. I liked him on screen just because of how just evil the guy seemed. So they did a good job with this. Um, I, I I get what you're saying about that. Um, I do. I don't know how closely it follows the book. I haven't read the book. Um, Does a good job. I am very kind of. This is a good project for Villeneuve to take on mm-hmm. because it's like it's kind of to me. It seems like it needs these, you know, this, these these long drawn out shots. You know, the you know the, the the Zimmer the Zimmer score with like the kind of the almost like kind of some Nolan-esque kind of sound, like the whoa, yeah. you know well, what I'm so talking like, about, like that? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, uh, on that point real quick, this movie feels like a sci-fi movie, right? Oh, yeah, because, it does. Because, because, because we, we get sci-fi movies every now and then, you know, our sci-fi name alone, they don't really scratch that itch. This movie feels like a sci-fi movie. It feels big. Well, yes. Okay, well, absolutely. hold on for one second. So it is, but he's also, I mean, he has done... He, I mean, he, he Arrival was his. He did Blade Runner. That's mm-hmm. that's yeah. also his. Yeah, um, he does a really good job at that. But like, he's done other movies. But like, Blade Runner and Arrival are fantastic, and I think this has a lot of Blade Runner vibes to me about like those long drawn out scenes, and it just to me that's you know there there's similarities with how he how he did the character of Paul Atreides and how he and 
how he did K with Ryan Gosling in Blade Runner 2049. There's, there's some similarities there that I kind of see. I kind of, he's taken from his own, you know, he's learning from, from, from his own directing style. And I appreciate that. Well, I, really I, do. I, I do want to argue that isn't just his directing style that does that. If, if you look at it, some of the bigger space epics, you know, in, in like sci-fi fantasy, you know, histories like cinema history, a lot of the good ones, like they, they, they show you the scope of what you're at because like, they give you like, you know, longer shots of like planets size like, scale. Of, yeah. Like of the yep. earth and stuff. So like that, that, that's what I mean when I say this movie feels like a sci-fi movie. Because sometimes you, you know, some movies don't carry that out well, and you you don't really ever get to feel how big how big things are now. Well, the the, the one the one shot in this movie that really drives home that point is when the ship comes out of the lake. Oh God, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yep. slow. It's deliberate and mm. gigantic. Oh God, huge. <laughs> Just like whoa. Well, yes, that's, that good. helps to really kind of lay out the scale and scope of everything, too. Oh, yeah. Because all those decisions, like you said, are very deliberate decisions as mm-hmm. far as the editing and pacing style. I, I think the pacing kind of needs some work here, but... I so don't that, that's that's the only issue I have with this movie, mm-hmm. is the pace. Because so, this movie's not short. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I feel like, this is just me personally as the guy who read the book, that yes, I'm very happy with they did like a solid half of the book. Sure, I feel like we took a long time to get to the halfway point. Well, no, yeah, I appreciate that though. I, well, I, yeah, I well, appreciate that. You yeah. only appreciate it because you don't know what happens next. Well, well no, no, no. I, pre- I mean, Chris, Chris I'm going to interject for yeah, one second because I know, I think I know what you're going to say. But I mean, what I always think about is look, look at the Ring trilogy. Each of those books are pretty long. And they each only got one movie. Now we're talking about The Hobbit, which you can read literally in an afternoon. is the shortest book, almost a novella, and it got three movies. Now, I mean, those Ring movies could have all been stretched out into two movies and been fine. Um, of course, we don't want that back then because like, we just wanted the story. And you know, But studios, if they can go back, they would have absolutely made each of those movies into two or three, each of those books sure. into two or three movies. Um, but I mean, I don't have a problem with Stretching out half a, or half a book into one movie. I, I may have said that wrong. I don't. I don't think that that. I don't. I'm sorry. That's not my problem. Yeah. Like the problem I have with it is what we get. There's a lot of slow, very little fast. You know okay, what I mean? I, I see that. So I see that. So the point I was going to make, and I, I think I mentioned this to you, Roger, after I saw it and we talked about it originally, was that this movie it doesn't feel like a a one two three act structure. That's no. not the way this movie is delivered to you. It's it, not. This it, movie is not that way. It very much feels like a very long act one, and then like, <laughs> and, then, and then act two stops halfway through. You know, exactly. I mean? exactly act one like and act one and a half. Because because that's what's happening here. You know, if you look at this as the entirety of its project, the pacing, I think, in my head, makes sense because it's going to be you know act one or in the middle of act two when when movie two begins, and then we'll get act three. Yep. So you're, I don't think I think it's almost jarring to get this movie delivered with you know all of this build up and explanation and then s- something big that well, something that feels very big happens and then like the movie kind of like takes it a just long ends. time after that yeah it, it just, just ends. ends it takes a long time and then ends because the it definitely slows down in what's going to be considered its quote unquote third act well because movie- so okay so you when you have the transition period and then you have one house invading and trying to destroy another house that should that seems to me like that should have been and then the end of the movie and then the escape 
should have been. And then we get this weird fight that between not even a major character is, is Jamis a major character? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, does he come back? I will blow your mind and say that's the most important thing that happened in this entire movie. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, that's, again, that's, that's which, pretty cool. Which, again, that would be an Act 2 thing, right? I would sure would. You know what I mean? To your point, Roger, I now this is just me looking. What would I have done even just a little bit differently? I guess I would have made a bigger – I would have made the you know one army invading another army and one army being – absolutely at a disadvantage by being just woken up and you know not armed not not no no armor on it's just i i would have made a bigger deal of that have like a last stand of the whatever troops were left but that's just me saying like i like that kind of stuff sure and, and it seems, seems to me like he just kind of brushed past it like well like, they stick to the book they kind of get run down in the middle of the night like that's what happened oh okay. like well, they're, I mean, they're, if that's you know fine yeah their shields get jumped like they don't really have a chance um and then it's escape you know, like that's that's the point of that fight. It's not a it's not a last stand. We're gonna battle it out right here. That's not what happens. You actually don't really get that in Dune until like what will be the second movie. Well, yeah, and I think more of the it's showing it's that moment that invasion isn't supposed to be a last stand moment. That's supposed to show you how much sway dire dire situation. Well, yeah, and how much sway House Harkonnen has, and and how much how many people that want House Atreides to fail. Is what you're getting out of. Well, but I mean, one thing I love about it is they keep talking about the emperor, and mm-hmm. the the yep. emperor has obviously chosen to favor House Harkonnen. Yes, which, and, and 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 they made that clear with how badly they get routed here. Which which is actually it's great for us as people viewing this story because it, it puts a House of Trade is at even more of a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Which, sure. I mean, of course, we know that you know Paul has powers and his mom has well, powers and so that brings me to what i what we need to talk about let's talk about paul atreides for a minute mm-hmm. all yep. right paul atreides is going to be the closest thing to i don't want to say it like this and sound like absurd he's kind of like jesus here mm-hmm. like he's the messiah character yes okay? he fits the qualifications of the fremen's idea of this person who will know their customs without being told has some sixth sense powers, which he does, and is going to, well, by the end of this movie, does something that <laughs> um, is a really big deal. So I don't want to skip ahead into anything, but I want to focus on about the the battle and the, the beatdown of the Atreides forces. Did you guys notice, I'm sure you did, the vision that Paul has, okay, when he is... In his event, in his vision, where he is avenging his father, did you understand that? When he's in the sand, the the, the vision where yes. he's hiding in the sand. Yeah, he's, yeah. Ha- he's having the vision of him and Cheney yeah, in the ship going planet to planet. You know what he's doing, right? I mean, he's exterminating. Yeah, he is avenging everything. He is genocidal killing because he's a pissed off kid right yeah yeah he's killing everything in his path and what should terrify some people is paul has the ability to make some of that stuff happen gotcha so well that's that's the point of giving us visions is we we kind of get a sense that of of not only the power level but what's going to happen i mean well so do you remember the very then i'm glad that they did this relatively early on remember he's being tested by the older lady yeah, with the whole hand in the box. Yep. She asked him about his visions. What did he say? 
when you when she asked him about visions, do your visions come true? What did he say? I don't remember what he said. Word for yes. sometimes, not always. Like that. <laughs> he he basically said yes most of the time. Yeah. So Paul Paul's visions, he can influence them and change them, and that's something that you'll see have okay. to see it in the second one. All right. He learns to control himself and basically manipulate things as they happen. All which right. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> next, um, next level stuff. Got it. Yes. Listen, really strong. Alpha level mutant. <laughs> Alpha level mutant. Cat five mutant. Yes. One one question I want to ask is like we have this great space epic with some cool names and then Paul and Jessica. Yep. What's with that's their names in the book though? That's no, just no, how I, I, I understand that's the name. But it's just weird to me that like it's like it's like naming a character in a fantasy novel like Matt. Steve. George. Steve. Yeah, George. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about Jason Momoa for a second as Duncan and Javier Bourdem as Stilgar. Stilgar is awesome. Yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting that vibe that he's going to be He's a dude. Awesome. He's um, like a dude's dude. Jason Momoa. Dude. Jason Momoa, I think, was one of the weak points of this entire movie. <laughs> I, 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 I disagree, I disagree with, with that. I just don't think he can act, and that's, I, I think it's really coming down. I to think that. in this movie he acts just fine. I think this is his role. I think this is good. This is what he's good at. He's good yeah. at being the bro. You know what I mean? He really is. You he know, plays he's the Duncan Idaho character well. Yeah, he's 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 mentor. He's he's one of the mentors of this of young Paul. Yeah, they're he's not a, they're not exactly super far away from each other in age, or they're not supposed to appear that way. He's a he's a brilliant fighter. It's it's what he's known for is being you know un, unmatched and unrivaled you know within the Atreides warriors, and he does that you know very well with yeah. a with a very fitting end to his, his role in this movie. He's also the guy that they send out to infiltrate and to mm-hmm. observe and become part of the Fremen. Yeah, the, the only, it's, like the he only, does such a good job, they accept him. Yeah. The only <laughs> issue I have with his acting, quote unquote, in this movie, is how many times is he going to pat that kid's shoulder? A lot. <laughs> he does that yeah. a lot. I don't know if I that's think he a, looks so weird without his beard, though. He does. He really does. I. He does not look like himself, but that's just how we're used to seeing him. But he he doesn't like a lot of like stomach pats and shoulder pats of Paul, and that was kind of eh, weird. Other than that, it's a, it's you know, a friend thing, I guess. I, I don't I don't know what it is with, with my thing against Jason Momoa. I just don't think he can act. Well, listen, I don't, I don't think he's ever going to win an Oscar. If that's what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's just one of those things where I can't really see it. Because he, everyone in this movie is like to me, and now that I've seen this, is in the Dune universe. But he, I don't know if it's just, his character is written like that, or but the dialogue is so twenty twenty one, and it's not kind of fantasy space well, epic. Dialogue. As a movie that was made in twenty uh, in twenty forty, I can see why you'd be upset. Haha, <laughs> hilarious. I mean, it was. I mean, it was made. In, it, it. I think it's. Okay. I mean, he's sticking I, to I the problem. script. I just. The way he delivers the lines is so like frat boy college to me that it's it's just he has so little range and I don't. Well, are, you, are, are you happy? Spoiler that he's dead. I mean, I mean, no, I don't. I mean, look, okay, that's what guess what? Say. I don't. Know, okay, okay, help me explain something to you. Is so the traitor that pretty much makes the fall of half the traitors right now possible. Yeah, the doctor gives. Gives a character a, a what, what it is a cyanide pill, which affects anyone like a poison gas pill, yeah, a yeah. poison gas pill. So why is that dude not killed? But I don't see. That's why I don't get is like well, why so, that happen. Well, he's got a shield that, and then and then you saw where he was when they found him, right? He's almost dead. Yeah, he's almost dead, and he's on the ceiling. 
So the gas, the gas would dissipate after you know after release, most likely. Sure. I mean, if you want, if you want to kind of think of it in in modern day terms, like it's gonna bite, have that puff of gas come out. Anyone near you will be dead. But the thing is, it's gonna disperse as it spreads in the room. He goes to the highest point possible, and this kind of rides it out. So yeah. let me bring up something that you may not understand. So the whole scene where he's in the like the pool with a black ooze and stuff, you know what that is, right? I, it somehow is reju- is rejuvenating him. Well, sort of. That's the poison coming out of his body. Mm-hmm. All of that is what they were pulling out of him. So wait, are, are are we supposed to get that from the movie we saw, or you just know that because you? I know that. Oh, okay. Well, that's again. I don't think we're supposed to get that from the movie we saw, but I mean, it's, I don't. At least I didn't get that. I don't know how you know, but okay, I can understand. This is that. My show. I'm handling this. <laughs> the domineering force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so that's just a question I had. Uh, but I mean, that's just you know, I, I I could answer anyone's question about the ring trilogies. I've seen them all so many times. Just, <laughs> yeah. I'll get I'll, I'll get there with this one. Let's I'll talk about there. let's talk about Josh Brolin's character for a second. He, he's he's awesome. a he's a dude too, right? He's a, he's just the older sadder dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I I thought his character I thought he played his character wonderfully. And and you don't see him die on screen. So you do I, not. You will see him again. I, mean, I was gonna say Good. we didn't after he made that that charge towards the enemy ship. Like you don't really yeah. you don't see him again. Nope, you, never you see will him see him again. So, so I I, fi- I figured he'd be back. Yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be back. I mean, this Absolutely. is classic. yeah. He's Josh Brolin. He don't die like that. <laughs> That's what I was just he gonna say. Die. It's on screen, son. I was gonna say men like him just don't die off screen silently somewhere. Yeah. Now, so you guys mind if I talk about the the one real problem I had with the movie besides Absolutely. besides the pacing? Oh, you might. I'm sorry. All right. No, no the, talk uh, about it. Jeez. <laughs> the um I had a real problem with the way that they depicted the hand-to-hand combat in this. I think the space blaster ship stuff was cool and fine. It's hard to mess that up. Did the actual hand-to-hand combat seem kind of the word the word that keeps coming to mind is muted. It seemed very muted to me. Like there was almost no oomph to it. Well, it I think there's a reason there. for that. I, I I get the whole shield thing, don't get me wrong. But even with that, like even just the way it was choreographed, maybe it just seemed kind of meh. Except for, except for um, Idaho's uh, fight scene in, uh, in the corridor. Face. Yeah, like that. That was that was done very well. But most of it just seemed very. It just kind of happens on screen with no flourish to it whatsoever. And so yeah, I, I, I think I most of that. Sorry, most of that derives from the whole shield thing. That's the reason you don't see a lot of laser blaster stuff here. Yeah. Because they're ineffective. Yes, yep. The shield, like, anybody's like, why are they doing hand-to-hand combat? They have all these things. Unless they're actually shooting them with missiles from the planes, which you see. Yeah. Like, most small laser fire is pretty much useless against the shields. Yeah. Um, and that's why even the, like, up-close-and-personal blade, like, you have to push it through. Like, you're pushing through chainmail, basically. Yeah. So that's why it's like that. It is, it doesn't make it smooth. Like there's no, you know, like super well choreographed, like 11 minute drawn out fight scene here. Well, no. And it's, it, well, it's down, it's dirty in some of the situations. Like it's like, hey, punch, kick, yeah. pull, slash, cut, death, right? Like that's it. Mm-hmm. But, but he, it's, I mean, that, that could also have been a, 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 a what do I, that could also have been a creative choice because this is, it was just, the, the odds were stacked so far against the Atreides that this is not there. I mean, whatever you, 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 you said the word yourself muted because mm-hmm. this is not meant to be a, this is not meant to be a fight. This is a, this is a, this is a, down. a, a massacre. 
Yeah. So there is. I, I, I mean, what we did. I mean, we we saw Brolin destroy some people. We and we saw what uh, we saw Duncan destroy some. I mean, that's kind of I guess the fact that the 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 hand to hand when the two armies clashed muted. But when we saw those two guys, it was really kind of played up. And I that's one thing I liked about Moe's character, Duncan, is his swordsmanship I thought was really cool. Yeah. I really liked that choreography and it looked it didn't look to me like it was like they they were stuntmen going through the motions. It looked real and it looked like they were you know what I mean? Like you can yeah. usually tell the difference between choreography. He tried real and, hard. He <laughs> <laughs> tried real hard. Um and this I do did you guys ever now this is a question I wanted to ask. Did I and I know that Riddick must have taken tons of cues from the Doom lore novel film, what whatever. Did you get any kind of Riddick vibes from this? No, or, I don't or, get or Riddick vibes from anything. I didn't get Riddick, but 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 I will tell you what I do get vibes from uh, Dune vibes from is War. I'm a huge fan of Warhammer 40k, and oh um, yeah, after seeing oh, yeah, this, <laughs> that, that stuff is just Warhammer 40k is it? It's this is absolutely the process processing work. That led into like the Warhammer. Just one universe. piece of the lore puzzle, right? Oh God, it's 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 many pieces of the current lore I think, puzzle. Well, I, I guess my question was wrong in the fact. I mean, I know. I mean, now when, if I ever watch Riddick again, like it's completely stolen from Dune costume design, make, which is another thing. I really love the costumes in this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I love the whole. I love the sets, like the the big, massive, almost like looking like Egyptian kind of rooms and, and like. Yeah corridors passages i love that kind of stuff what which we, we never about... talk about that stuff ever on the show well, we it, well it, i mean not a lot of movies give us the chance to appreciate kind of that kind of stuff though too you know it's not a, it's not a common thing yeah, do, do you so do you love how do you do you love how so this assassination thing is sent through the wall through a tiny hole in the wall however it got through to try to kill paul early in the movie Yep. Well, which yeah i mean and it, like they, they mentioned he's he was there for like six weeks or something or three weeks inside the wall waiting Yep. Which yeah. yeah, so, and then they and then, take their assassination seriously, uh-huh, <laughs> and then uh-huh, they, uh-huh. and then they, um, and then the next scene is they're all in the in the war room, the war council room with open windows. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying it's like one of those, one of the things that I always loved with the um, the red letter media how he tears apart the the prequel Star Wars movies <laughs> is, there, is is the assassination worm attempt. Those dudes rule. <laughs> and then and then he, he talks about the next several scenes are. Are them with with the princess standing in front of big bay windows? <laughs> like if they wanted to kill her, they just killed her. But like the same here is this. I mean that if you're gonna try to kill him, you're just gonna. I mean, just send it through the open window and target everyone in that room. You don't know if there's shields. Shields, I assume. I don't know. Windows. I just doesn't want to think I wanted to point out. No, but. I get you. No, yeah, it, it can be kind of comical thought, thought through that lens. But I feel like that's a thing you really can't. I mean, there's, there's not, not much sand blowing around in there. I don't assume that they're open. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's just that's just you really can't avoid that as far as yeah, storytelling because yeah. those are all you know open environments and. What do we think of like the sandworms? Awesome. I think they were really well done in this. They yeah. they they did a very good job of ma- of making you feel the scale of the sandworms because they show you something big, and then they show you something bigger, and they show you something that's that can literally eat how big the bigger thing was. Yeah, we uh, see something big eat something in, or eat something enormous eat something very very big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it's like one of those things. Like, come on, if you're if you're that if you're if your thing whole rests on spice mining and you, which is what we're we're saying that's oil in our like that's spice is just it's, it's spice. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I know it's spice, but like 
in, in, in our world, that's like translated to oil, right? That, yeah, okay. yeah, sure. Hey, yeah. saffron's more expensive than oil, son. It's spice. I'm just <laughs> saying. I'm, I'm just saying when you when you sent two of those things, like, hey, if the first one breaks in any way, we have the second one right behind it. Well, so well, that that actually factors into what's happening about there not being enough stuff there that should have been there. Like they would have been able to get a second thing there to catch it to grab it, but they didn't leave them anything. So like that's that's part of the story. Yeah. Like under under normal circumstances, that wouldn't have been that big of a deal. So, yeah. So yeah, the worms are awesome. You're gonna see a lot of the worms in the second one. Your boy should, Paul's I gonna ride one. He's a he's a worm rider, is he? He's gonna ride one. He's gonna be. He's gonna he's a worm one. rider, Paul Worm Rider. Um, I guess so. The scope and scale here of of the Dune thing, and 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 the guy who did it, Villeneuve. Do we think this is do we think this is a good interpretation of the Dune novel? Do we think it's the best interpretation or the adaptation of the Dune Well, novel? I have no idea to comparatively to the books, but I'll say oh. this. Give me part two, you cowards. <laughs> it's yeah. the best first half adaptation I've ever seen. Fair <laughs> enough. That's, well, I mean, it's this is the guy who's been thinking about this probably since he was a kid. Yeah, listen, I think I can tell that he loves this stuff, and that's great because I love this stuff. Like, I am very happy with this as a guy who loves books. Like, I think they're incredible. And I think he really did a good job about putting in what he needs to put in and leaving out stuff that just doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. The only problem I have or think that we might have going forward is because I know what happens in the remainder of the book. Like, there's a lot of stuff to get from point B to point C now. So, yeah. And I'm okay with that because, listen, give it to me. You cowards. Give it to me on this scale the rest of the time. There's nothing saying nine hours long. I don't There's nothing saying that the next movie won't be two hours and 45 minutes. Well, so that's the thing. I think, honestly, I think it might be longer. I think it might be 315. Oh, man. That's a movie. (laughs) Well, I mean, what did we just watch? It was three hours. It was last week. Um, Wasn't how? Oh, the last duel. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was 245. Yeah. Mm -hmm. With, I mean, with trailers, I mean that's three fifteen. So, yeah, I think we, I think we definitely get a three plus hour runtime on Dune Part Two. So we All do, right. we do get a Dune Part Two, which he's already assigned on to direct. But I saw something about a Part Three, so they they might be stretching the second movie out into two more movies. That's fine. A, to make yeah. it as long as it, here's the thing, I just don't want ten years to tell one book story. No, yeah. I, I, I understand because that. like that's garbage to me. So he's also I understand got, this stuff takes a long time. But you know, so he's also got a TV series, get... Dune: The Sisterhood, announced, where the the IMDb description is TV series set in the Dune universe, which centers in the lives of the Bene, Bene Gesserit. Gesserit. Yeah. So that's a TV series he's got, and then after that, he's got Cleopatra, which is uh, such a strange Small scale. Loves such the a, sand. Such a strong, such a weird choice for Denny Villeneuve, but I'm sure he'll be great with it. So I'm sure he'll be great. All right, boys, are we ready to score this thing? Well, let me ask, um, because I am the book guy, um, I'm going to ask if I score it last, but I do want to ask one question. Um, is there anything else that anybody didn't like? Besides, besides, the, besides the pacing and the abrupt ending, um, that might be I one mean, of the most abruptiest endings I've seen in a very long time. Yeah, I mean, my, my big problem is is the Act 3 in the way that it's given. Which, but I, but if you take a step back and look at the whole picture, I get that it. That is not so, Act 3, that is Act Two and a half. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's like the first half, half of Act Two. Yeah, so and, yeah. and so I get that. 
you know, other than that, you know, to be honest, I would have been okay with this movie being 15 minutes longer and getting a little more out of it, but that's just sure. me, you know. Um, the main issue that I have is the Zendaya's character, Shaney, Shawnee, however, whatever they want to call her. I always always heard it was Chaney. Um, the fact that they hype her up as this big giant part yeah. of this movie. And listen, she's in this movie for like 15 minutes. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the same thing that they did with um, uh, the girl that was Lori Strode. I can't remember her that. Sure, name. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, we know why they do that. Well, it's so fine. here's the here's the thing. She's an enormous part of the story. Yeah. So it's not like she won't be there. It's just you know we saw these trailer cuts of them like running and doing all this stuff. That's all just in like two visions. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know that's just all that all that happens. So yeah. that's the only issue that I have that it's kind of like misleading like that, mm-hmm. but. I dig this movie, man. I yep. really do. Yep. So if you guys don't mind, I'll go last. That's fine. I'll go first since I'm the one who has lead the least amount of experience with this. But I mean, so give me a give, give me give me a second then. If I'm gonna so I mean I, I went into this. I'm a guy who loves Nolan. I'm a guy who loves, you know, the longer drawn out story. I'm a guy who loves good sound. I'm a guy who loves, you know, like subtleties. Um, I'm a guy who I love all of his the movies he's done since twenty thirteen, at least the movies I'm familiar with. Uh, prisoners and up and you know i especially i i speak i talk accolades about blade Runner 2049 i think that is the best 30 year later sequel that we're that we're gonna that we have and we're ever going to get excellent movie that stands is, alone great too oh it certainly does uh, but this is you know i'm i'm especially me being a, a, a ring trilogy fan and just a, a fan of a good story over several films by someone who knows the material knows what they're doing um, I'm I'm gonna say this this one to me uh, this starts it off with a with a seven, pretty high. I mean I was really blown away watching this in a very a brand new auditorium, which by the way I brought my movie theater count so I've watched movies in 51 different movie theaters, <laughs> so that's pretty cool. But yeah, this is this is just it's a it's 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 a movie made by a guy who makes movies for people who love movies. Does does that make sense? Yeah, sure. And so that's why I mean, I just, I just want to know where it goes because I was blown away by the presentation of this thing. Um, I just, I, I love Villeneuve's interpretation of Dune, so I'm very excited to see where it goes next. So this movie, I mean, as a Warhammer fan, I've been looking for something to scratch my sci-fi itch for a while, and I've, I've said that on the show a few times, and this, this did that for me because it felt like a sci-fi movie. It's, I don't mind that it's long. I don't mind, you know, what the, I love the source material and it feels, it feels very familiar to me and in all the good ways with just the exception of the pacing of this movie really. And I'm, I'm able to take a step back and kind of see why that is the way it is. It's all, I can almost be forgiving. This movie's an eight for me. I had a really good time with this. I got my, I got that itch scratched finally and I'm really excited to see the second part of this, and then I'm I'm really excited to watch these two movies in tandem because I think that's when it'll have its best experience, obviously, because that's the way it's meant to be seen. So it's an eight for me. I like this a lot. This was a lot of fun. I love the politics, the politics stuff. It's all very very good for me. Cool. Well, so that's good because I was also going to go with an eight as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is a very good addict adaptation of the first part of the dune book um i am really disappointed that it just kind of ends like wham um i don't i think they could have done that better and still 
basically had another half a movie or half a book to go. It's just mm-hmm. sort of like, hey, hard out. Um, I love the scale of this movie. Uh, I love the, I'm surprised neither one of you guys really talked about it. Like the sheer cinematography aspects of this. Well, that's, of, well, of course, just with yeah. the scale, like nobody yeah. said it. Nobody said the words oh, yeah, cinematography. No. Oh, yeah. No. no um, you guys no. love to chirp about it. And it's it's here. Um, like the scenes where they're coming with the giant ships coming from space out of an enormous sh- like planet-sized ship. Mm-hmm. Like stuff like that. It's like, wow, this is really awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the story is strong. Uh, I'm really excited knowing what has to happen in the second book or second movie at least. I guess unless it could be second two movies. Um, so I'm super happy with what we got here and I look forward to more. So, so question, do you think there's only going to be, I mean, do you think there's going to be only two or the most three or there could stretch it out to four or five? I don't know how much material is in the original. There's not that much. I think if you try to split it into three, that's pushing it really pushing it. They covered so much ground in part one that it'd be, it would be almost awkward for them to split the second half into two more pieces. You know what I mean? So well, that, it's, be it's been done before and it's been done quite well. I mean, the, the, the Hobbit, the last Hobbit movie was pretty much just a final battle. The last movie was just a battle, which is fine. And it's, I don't know if Dune has one of those. I mean, sure it does. It's a big, you know, it's a big epic space opera. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure that it does. Um, yeah, but I mean, it, it can be done. I just, I really kind of hope it's just, it's kept to two long movies instead of three movies where one movie is like, all just one thing. Does, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Roger, being the fan, do you I mean just because I'm curious what you think about this? You being the one that's you know knows the whole Dune, the whole Dune arc. Do you see mm-hmm. it going to three, or do you think it's just no? Two? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think two two is where it should be. I, I think if you try to push something like the single book of Dune into three, like you'd really be scraping and like you're talking. Listen, there's going to be some fights that are going to happen, sure, but I don't think that helps by making a one-hour-long battle scene. Like, I don't... That stuff doesn't do it for me. I watched a, I, you know, I watched an hour-long battle scene in the dark um, from Game of Thrones, and it basically ruined the entire aspect of everything for me. <laughs> so, oh, season 8. We don't talk about season 8. Oh I just my did. God. I know, I know you just did, but season eight, it's like, it's, it's like one of the most universally hated things among, it, it connects every, anyone in the room can be different politics. You can, you know, be on whatever you, but vaccination. But as soon as you say Game of Thrones season eight, everyone's like, ah, oh, fuck. What was that crap? Yeah. It's interesting. You, you don't want to be the one guy in the room who's like, actually, it wasn't that bad. Nobody does that. I mean, I know two. I, I keep saying I, I I know two, and for them to go back on it, I'm like I have them. Give me their names. Call I, them out publicly. Nope, not. I'll not, do not it. Doing it. Nope. Not Text them to it. me, and I'll do it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing <laughs> it. Um, but no, that's. I'm, I'm glad. Is it Chris? This, no, I'm glad oh. that you see this only in two movies because I mean, I only I kind of don't like the whole. I like trilogies, but like not when they're forced. Sure, so, that's fair. I also don't want Villeneuve to spend like the next. Like seven, I said, seven years of his life on this. That's the thing. If you know, I'm looking for Dune Part Three, and it's 2028. I'm going to be pissed off. <laughs> well, it's going to be that long, but I just we, it, it, it's it's obvious that they why didn't. not? It'll be 2022 well, in a month. He just got a, it just got greenlit, so I mean, it's it's obvious yeah. that they weren't just taking a two like like a a month break and starting Part Two again. So it's obvious that they're just now starting pre production, which means we 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 won't see it for what another. 
18 months at the minimum, maybe two 2024. Months. Yeah, I say 2024 is probably when we're going to see it. And then that means, yeah, that would be, but they would, if they, if they had plans for a third movie, they would just shoot them both together. Yep, I'd hope so. And we'd see it in 2024 and 2025. There was no way to go to 2028, but yeah. But I would bet, and I, I would say, I would bet, I'll, <laughs> I'll bet you another value meal, Chris, that um, the politics of releasing this streaming and theatrically had something to do with that. I'd I'm be not willing betting to bet you another, another meal till I get my first one. <laughs> fair, fair. He, he owes me one now too. So. That, that's actually going to be put to bed here in two weeks when, I, when I'm home again for another wedding. I'm You're going to buy gonna... me a value meal on Thanksgiving? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. All right. I'm glad you guys like Dune though. I really liked it. I, I do. Think it was I good. Think it's a very, it's a solid, it's a very solid movie. By a director who loves the material, and and it and it you can definitely tell that it's made by someone who's been thinking about this for a long time, which is always okay. something that we love here. We can always tell that. Oh boy, oh boy! It's, I'm glad we got to celebrate our 250th episode with Dune, though. Dune. We almost didn't though, because I mean, it's kind of poetic they got pushed back long enough that we could do that with two no it's just dumb luck we didn't plan that (laughs) no it's not (laughs) (laughs) all right this has been episode 250 of for the love of cinema each new episode posts every tuesday morning at 5 a.m on the podcast service of your choice of the following five itunes podbean google play spotify amazon music please leave a comment or two rate describe every little bit helps more importantly thank you very much for listening Check out the show on Twitter at Love Cinema Pod. I'm at Grayson Maxwell One. I am at Rod Stillian. And I'm Christopher Bond. Don't Ooh. forget to check out the Facebook Ooh. page. Always posting things on the Facebooks and the Twitters. Check us out either of those two places. And YouTube. Rod, our videos are still getting hits on YouTube. <laughs> the art, that art of Raising in the Rain is still getting like views. Uh, please send us an email to for the love of cinema podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we weren't checking that for a little bit, and we apologize. And I just sent an email out before the show started to – we got a couple of questions, actually, but we just sent those out. Hopefully, we can rectify that. Yeah, so somebody's email may have fell through the cracks into the spam folder, and yeah. uh, we found you. We found you. <laughs> Sorry. So we we uh, responded, so feel free to send us an email back. Yeah, we – Sorry. <laughs> so next week, next week we're taking a look at Last Night in Soho, which is it's going to be theatrical. It's Edgar Wright and The Guilty, which is a Netflix original. Wonder you're going to make it weird. Sandworms look like buttholes. Hot take. My God. <laughs>
one. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Cinema. This is episode number 250, where tonight we're talking about Dune. Buddy, 250. The old 250. Dune and Ron's Gone Wrong. Oh, fuck. I fucked that up. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> so I, I, I've noticed, Grayson, oh my God. That, I've, I've noticed Grayson, that you talk, you, you, you drag out your words. Oh, when yeah, you're, when, yeah. you're trying to like think of what you got to fucking say next. <laughs> guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to introduce you guys differently too. I told you there's going to be changes. Okay. We're at one minute. Okay. Five, four, three, two, 